Muslims in Uganda understand something important. When you meet someone's physical needs, they're much more likely to listen to the message that you'd like to share. A pastor in Uganda explains how Muslims are approaching care for the needy. They are very, very aggressive. They want to utilize every avenue. And the Christians have not been as aggressive in charity as the Muslims are. Keep listening to hear how Christians in Uganda are responding, demonstrating the love of Christ by meeting physical needs and sharing the truth of the gospel. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are here in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Brother Stephen. We are, are not going to use a last name for Brother Stephen. He is a Christian leader from Uganda, part of the leadership of the Church of Uganda. Stephen, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much. Tell me about uh, the makeup of Uganda in terms of how many Christians, how many Muslims, what what is the, the situation like there? Uganda is uh, having a population of 37 million people in the country, a percentage of 85% of uh, Christians in general, including the committed and the nominal Christians. <laughs> yeah. And we have uh, 70% the Muslims. The rest are, you know, who may be in between and others who may not believe in anything. And so from a standpoint of persecution, the government is pr- primarily Christian? Is is the country, are you free to worship? Or, or what's the... What's the situation as far as that? The people are free to worship, but uh, sometimes what you may call freedom can become slavery (laughs) because people can do anything and others can use that advantage of uh, entangling others. And uh, in a way, it is uh, free and uh, not free. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it, you said like the the country as a whole is eighty plus percent Christian, but there are some areas that are very predominantly Muslim. Is that true? Uh, yes, uh, especially in the in the north, uh, we have uh, some areas where the Muslim uh, uh, kind of taking over. When the Muslims are small in number. They are very, very friendly, very good, and uh, you, you we associate very well. But where they become majority, they become very aggressive, and it becomes unfriendly. And there is now a, a strategy of uh, building mosques everywhere, like. Uh, Every after a mile, there is a mosque. Wow. There is a mosque, and uh, it is a strategy. 
they are very optimistic that they can uh, introduce a Sharia law and this gives them a chance because where there is uh, a Sharia law, in between uh, the mosques you cannot have any church, so that can be demolished. This is a strategy you can find many, many mosques, especially when you are traveling in uh, urban areas and uh, town setup. And even in remote areas where you may think there are many Muslims, but there are mosques. It could be even a mosque for five people, three people, but they are very optimistic in the future. Where, where is that money coming from to build a mosque every mile? I, the money comes from the, it's the oil money, <laughs> which, and uh, definitely these were some of the strategies laid by the late Gaddafi, and uh, he was behind this project. And up to now, because we still see mosques being built, I'm sure Vinif is dead, but the project is still continuing. So what are some of the strategies that the Muslims are using when they move into an area? Like you say, they build a mosque, and then they build another mosque a mile down the road, and then they say, wait a minute, we can't have any churches between the mosques. What are some of the other ways that, that Muslims are gaining influence in Uganda? Uh, actually, what is happening right now, Uganda is having, a, it's a younger nation. We have uh, like a 70%, 30 years below. Wow, 70%, 70% of the Ugandans are 30 years old or less. Yes. Wow. And, uh, which is uh, very, very challenging. Uganda is a younger nation. The recent statistics indicated that 50% of the younger people, they have no jobs. And so it's a strategy. If you are to have a job from uh, these Muslims, th that's the easiest way of uh, evangelizing or trying to Islamize. So the message is kind of, hey, you're unemployed, we have a job for you, but in order to do this job, we, we really need you to be a Muslim. Yes, that is, that is a strategy. And secondly, it is a, a strategy to marry the, the girls of the Christians. Every younger man who gets a Christian girl, especially from the pastor's family, there is a reward. You, you can get a gift for doing that. You, you are a hero. And so... So if you recruit, if you marry a Christian girl and make her into a Muslim, you get credit for the kind of a bonus for that. Yes. And, not, and more so, if it is a, uh, a daughter of a pastor, there is even more. So that's kind of the bad news. The, the Muslims have very clear strategies that they're using to gain influence and to make there be more Muslims in Uganda, what is the church doing in response to those strategies, or, or what is the church's strategy to go out and, and win Muslims for Christ? Yeah, the church is, uh, is preaching uh, the message of love uh, because uh, for, for the Muslims, I mean, uh, um, they still have another strategy of, you know, being friendly. They even come to churches and where they are fundraisings, they make a good, uh, good contributions. 
and some Christians may think, ah, these are good people. Of course, uh, where somebody comes with a gift and a help, it's, it's good to associate. It's easier to associate. Uh -huh. Some others, there are some also secular Muslims who may not even know what the strategies are. But now the, Mus the Christians have to respond with the, the message of love and also uh, preaching the gospel one-to-one, -one, not being aggressive, not being confrontational, but uh, showing what our Lord Jesus Christ did. We have to teach the, the Christians to know that this is not the same God we worship. Our God is a God of love. The other one, the one other one who is encouraging hatred, killing, retaliation is not the same God we worship. And some people are confused to think that, okay, this is just a, a difference in names. This is the, no, this we, we we worship a different God, Yahweh, the God, the Creator of universe who revealed himself in Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the master of masters from whom all blessings flow. The one who resurrected from the dead. So we talk about Jesus who died and rose again, and then we have to bring the difference that uh, Muhammad is still in the grave. So waiting for Jesus Christ to resurrect him. And then we make that so clear so that people uh, can know that, okay, Christianity is bringing the good news, message of love, but a message of power that is not ending on this planet Earth, but there is life after, and there is hope amidst hopelessness. Also, we disciple our younger people. Uh, especially talk to younger people and now in our areas we have youth conferences where we minister to the youth for a week and we sensitize them. We sensitize the pastors to know the strategies of Islam then they know how to handle. Not to be aggressive because our Lord Jesus is a king and is a peacemaker. So we are always doing it amicably and peacefully because we are called to, to maintain that. But also we sensitize the Christians to be together. Because the Christians, like it happened um, in the north of Africa, they had small differences on Trinity, and they ended up fighting one another. They left the real thing and went on something which brought division, and they ended up crushing one another instead of crushing the devil. So we sensitize the pastor that, please, if you have some disagreement here, that's not the end of it all. You sort it out peacefully, but you know the devil is attacking you and can use those uh, conflicts to divide you and it will create a chance for the Muslims to penetrate and eventually swallow you up. Amen. 
We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Stephen. He is a leader in the Church of Uganda. So, Stephen, it sounds like one facet of your work is strengthening the church so that they don't get drawn into Islam, making sure the Christians understand what they believe and are ready to stand strong in their faith. Then another part is reaching out to Muslims. Exactly. How, how does that work? What, what kind of strategies are you using to actually reach out and, and bring Muslims into the church, into the kingdom of God? We use the um, school, the school setup because most of the schools in our country are church-founded, but government-aided. Mm-hmm. The government can aid the schools, but we still have a chance of uh, influencing the teachers, the head teachers or principals in our schools, those who can uh, stand on uh, our principles of faith. We have the Education Act to guide us, which was put in place by the Ministry of Education in a consultation with religious leaders. The Education Act says there will not be any principal posted in schools without the consultation of the foundation body. And the foundation body is the church. Wow. So then we know who is to be the principal, the head teacher in our schools. And every morning before class begins, we have to pray, we have to read scriptures, we visit these schools and bring the gospel. And by doing so, Sometimes we, we reach out to the Muslim young people and we some of them are converted. And also we do reach out one-to-one door ministry, but also we equip the university students, younger people, who can easily reach out to their colleagues as they interact, as they study. So that is a strategy and we, it, it has been successful. Also, we definitely reach out to family members, extended family and call them and love them. And with the challenge we have in Uganda of HIV AIDS in our country, we definitely have many orphans, and we, want, we make appeal to the Christian world everywhere to continue giving support to the orphans, especially through Compassion International projects, Compassion International, because when they get the support, they support those children. Uh, ministry to do with the World Vision. Uh, the, these organizations are helping us a lot, and they can reach out to all orphans, and uh, they actually minister to our people and uh, that's one way of having the young people converted. So if the if the Christians don't take in the orphans and take care of them, the Muslims are waiting to have them in their orphanages. They are very, very aggressive. They want to utilize every avenue. And so when the Christians just look on, and the Christians have not been as aggressive in charity as the Muslims are, especially in the Arab world. Mm -hmm. The Christians sometimes are reluctant, 
They say, okay, anyway, somebody will take care of this child. Somebody else. But the Muslims are fundraising. They make fundraising strategies and, and they raise money to support children in Africa so that they become Muslims. And they give scholarships in universities to ensure they can get some Christians. Because if you are to get a scholarship, especially at university level, definitely you must become a Muslim kindly by force. Wow. And that is a strategy. So we also use these strategies in a way, but not as aggressive as the Muslims. We need more, more funding so that we have some money to help our children, even at university level, and this is when we need them more. It seems like there must be a way for the church to counteract. I mean, you talked about the the economic incentives that Muslims are using, the, the jobs and yes. the business opportunities. And, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you work for us, but you have to be a Muslim. Is the church doing anything to kind of counteract that part of, of their strategy? We do, but uh, we need to do more. We need to do more because the... the as you heard, the percentage is 7%. And now we have 85% of the Christians. So there are many are now um, helping all these people. Plus the, um, the issues of uh, having no jobs. Mm-hmm. And these are all creating challenges. So we need to have uh, or microfinance projects so we can give soft loans. That's what we have started in our area so that we can try in a way help the Christians to have some little money to do small businesses. Mm-hmm. But this is not enough. We need to do more. Also, uh, we've been trying and we have right now um, a plan in our area of putting up uh, business housing projects whereby you can generate some income because people are looking for houses, people are looking for, like banks, they need the houses to rent. But most of these uh, houses are, are built by Muslims. And yet, Christians, we have piece of land, like in our area, we have a, a big piece of land in these towns where we could even build these houses, and you can have big companies renting, and we can generate some money that can support our children, can support the Christians who may need just to be pushed, reinforced in their businesses, mm-hmm. so that actually we need to go business. We must go business. And in our area, we launched what we call business evangelism. <laughs> Uh, whereby, you know, Jesus, Jesus was in entrepreneur. Uh-huh. You know how he got uh, money and from a fish. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Peter was a entrepreneur. Paul was a tent maker. And I like what Paul says in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Paul says, For the love of money is the source of all evils. But there is a scholar called Mark Twain. Mark Twain says, but also lack of money is another source of evil. (laughs) So 
both love and the lack of money can be a source of evil. Can be a problem. Can yeah. be a problem, yes. We're talking today with Stephen. He is a leader in the Church of Uganda. Stephen, one of the things we try to do always here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio is help our listeners to pray. So help us to pray for Uganda. How can we pray for your country? Uh, we need people to pray for us that uh, the gospel will continue to be preached, and especially the area of discipleship. Because many people are coming to the Lord, and even the Muslims who come to the Lord, but there is a way they are persecuted, so we need to pray for them. They are isolated by their families. They are isolated, and sometimes they feel others are pressurized to go back. So we need the prayers. But also, we need to pray that uh, the Christians will have resources to begin projects to support others. And this is very, very important. We need to pray for um, our orphanage homes, that they will have funds to support these children, and also parents who are finding life so hard, and they can uh, even allow their children to get married to Muslims, to have the right message. And uh, we need prayer to, for the church to preach the gospel, that uh, people can have the, the real gospel and receive it, and also share it with others. It seems like that's a good prayer for American Christians, too, that, that we will know the gospel and that will be deeply rooted in the truth, in the, the true gospel, not be distracted by some of the things around us. Yes, and we want to pray more because right now they just introduced in Uganda Islamic banking. And what is that? Islamic banking, it is... Uh, one of the avenues that can promote Sharia law, but still money, they can say, um, we have a bank, a bank, but when you, you take the loan, you not pay any interest. If you're a Muslim. If you're, no, any. Oh, nobody pays interest. No, nobody pays. Okay. But... Uh, there are strings attached. <laughs> so well, 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 the, this is a very good hook. Uh-huh. And uh, this is uh, always one step to introduce Sharia law because uh, it's banking, but there are some strings attached uh-huh. to it. So we want so prayers. We'll, give you, we'll give you a loan. There's no interest on your loan, but there are strings attached. There are strings attached because uh, when you, you, you go and you begin discussing they can say, wait a minute, these are the things. You have to be this. You must be a Muslim. But, but when they are, are actually advertising, people can say, this is very good. Yeah. These other banks have been taking interest. But uh, definitely the, the way they can get the money, if some people fail to, to, to pay that money, it is easier to confiscate their property. And then once they are confiscating the property and we say, real, I can't, then that's one way of saying, okay, if you can't, then you can become a Muslim. That's one way of paying. So all these things, we need God's wisdom 
and the miraculous intervention. Amen. Brother Stephen, thank you for sharing with us today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We want to encourage people to pray for you, to pray for the church in Uganda, and as you said, to pray for the church to grow strong in following Jesus Christ and not be distracted by some of those things. Yes. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you've joined us late, you can go to vomradio.net and hear our complete conversation with Brother Stephen. Again, that website is vomradio.net. I want to encourage you to pray this week for the church in Uganda. Then make sure that you join us again next week when Sam Brownback will be here on VOM Radio. He is the United States Ambassador at Large for International Religious Freedom. He has a unique perspective on the plight of oppressed believers around the world, and he's going to share that perspective with us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.